Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. This issue's cover package examines where the Indian economy stands in the run up to the budget next month and what might it take to set the country back on the growth path. My name is Abhishek and joining me on the call to talk about the package are Forbes India's Neha Bhutra and Salil Panchal. Hi guys, good evening. Nice to have you on the call. Afternoon. Hi Abhishek. Abhishek. Nice to join. Thank you. Uh, Salil, let's start with you. Uh, you write and I quote that the year that has gone by uh, would seem dichotomous for most of India. Why would you say that? For the casual reader, it is it has been a one-way street with uh, the pandemic uh, running amok uh, throughout the country. True. So you have a scenario uh, where uh, you've seen, you know, the markets which have been at, at record highs. You've seen, you've seen a huge number of companies come and raise capital in uh, 2021, which would then indicate that, yes, there's a lot of euphoria that the economy would start doing well. But that does not reflect in the consumer confidence, which appears to have gone down. You have another scenario where people were hoping that after the second wave, jobs would have been a little more secure, which they which they are. Particularly, there's been a boom in hiring in IT, in pharma, healthcare, financial services. But you also, again, have another scenario where another segment of the economy, which is MSMEs and small businesses who are actually struggling to survive and probably are worse off than they were in 2020. And then you have the third scenario where you'd hope from a healthcare perspective that COVID was behind us and, you know, you'd have other services, trade in general to pick up. But now you're, you're staring at a third way, which again is going to possibly disrupt quite a few businesses. In all the hope, which was there in 2021, you know, statistically, statistically, India is expected to end this financial year, let's say, with anywhere between, you know, close to 8 to 9% growth. But we are coming into a, a new financial year where a lot of these problems are, are going to magnify. You know, you have issues relating to growth, which might be uneven. You have jobs which are still not available and you have a, a healthcare scenario, healthcare scare where you don't know how long the pandemic is going to stay with us. In that scenario, you would want the government or you'll expect the government to kind of boost the whole picture by either spending more or uh, kind of boosting the economy. I know I'm painting a pretty grim picture here, but, it, but there are a lot of question marks, you know, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and, and talking about government, Salil, uh, in fact, uh, you write, uh, Neha, about the fact that the government has moved the goalpost by raising the FY22 fiscal deficit target to 6.8% from 3%. So is that one of the responses of the government to you know try and uh, kickstart uh, an economy which has been spluttering for a while and not the only one in the world, obviously, because of the pandemic? Indeed, uh, Abhishek. Uh, remember last year, the government uh, had quite a bit of uh, tweaking on the fiscal front uh, because mm. the pandemic uh, was one that uh, wasn't expected, A. And, uh, of course, the government wasn't in a position where uh, it had uh, anticipated this to stretch for uh, such a long time. Right. So, last year, of course, you know, the fiscal deficit uh, exceeded 9.5%. Uh, mm. And the government had budgeted for just about one-third of that. And thereby, for FY22, the government had uh, decided to increase the fiscal deficit target to 6.8% uh, from the earlier uh, threshold that they had uh, indicated of 3% uh, 
So uh, clearly it means that the government uh, did allocate more for expenses on the capital and revenue front. And this, of course, was to support a growth in the economy, which the central bank and the government have time and again reiterated would be a priority, given the damage that uh, um, consumers and producers and uh, businesses of all scales have seen uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, but um, of course, this isn't a very simple math. And uh, while the government has uh, increased the deficit target to 6.8%, financing this is uh, a big challenge. And uh, of course, uh, it also remains to be seen how well the government will be able to meet this target. And all eyes are on the what target the government will set for the coming fiscal year, that's FY23. So these are areas that are going to have very important um, cues, not just for the economy, but for overall markets, uh, and will give a very important sense on the direction the economy will be taking in the coming days. India, one of its biggest boosters or the engines of the economy is the domestic consumption. And both of you have mentioned that it has been tepid. In fact, consumer demand and sentiment overall has not been great, even when you compare it month on month because of the new variant that has just been introduced. And you never know how many more are on the anvil if, if there are any. And if I, I was talking to a friend of mine who works with an air conditioning company and how they would wait until summer uh, to hit before they would launch their, uh, uh, you know, sales promotional schemes. And they've gone all out in December itself, in winters, because uh, you can't predict uh, where we are headed because of the last, uh, you know, one and a half to two years. How important do you see consumer demand to again be what it was before, or at least better than what it is currently after you spoke with a few economists and, uh, uh, you know, folks who are in the business world? Abhishek, uh, a couple of months back, just prior to the story, you know, there was there were other things that I was researching relating to, you know, real estate and whether how many of, say, in the corporate world, corporates who were planning to, you know, launch their operations or buy property here, how many of them were actually, you know, still agreeable to the lease, you know, rules or, or did they want to tweak some of their agreements with builders or stuff like that. The impression we were with which we were getting was that uh, quite a few of them have still kept them on hold. You know, they, it's not that they are canceling any agreements, but, but they are definitely redesigning offices once again, because they're just not sure what kind of workforce do they need? What kind of hybrid model will they have? Or will everyone still continue to work from home? So most of your, you know, contact intensive services, which are there are still not going to pick up until that is not going to happen. Consumer confidence is just not back. Right. Remember, mm-hmm. Abhishek, unemployment numbers uh, in rural India and urban India are still relatively high. And uh, that clearly indicates that there is not much euphoria as far as consumption spending is concerned, unless there's a sharp uh, turnaround in the current scenario. Because uh, do keep in mind that uh, investment by companies has also not been very euphoric, be it private investment and government expenditure, of course, has been pretty dismal this fiscal year. In fact, uh, the government had uh, indicated that it would be spending close to 5.4 lakh crore as far as uh, development of infrastructure is concerned. But uh, until November, it has deployed only 50% of that. So that indicates that as far as infrastructure projects are concerned, which was uh, one of the big ticket agendas uh, on the 
budget last year, which was uh, the main area by which the government hoped uh, there would be a stimulus uh, as far as the economy is concerned for job creation uh, and uh, also boosting the economy in other areas that could then lead to uh, a multiplier effect. But we've not seen that happen. One, of course, has been the second wave of the pandemic and then the uncertainty around uh, the new Omicron variant. So there is a big question mark on how the shape of the recovery will be. But uh, services, of course, has been slightly more promising because um, as we see the industrial production numbers uh, reflect, uh, there hasn't been much uh, traction on the manufacturing front. At the same time, on one hand, there is... Uh the consumer demand or the consumer side, you also write about on the supply side. And in fact, there are a few economists that you've interviewed, including Rahul Bajoria and uh, Neha, you've done a couple of interviews where they talk not so much about the demand, but the lack of supply or the broken supply chains, whether it's the chip shortages or the issues with coal and hence the thermal power plants and not not having enough electricity at the right places across different states. Indeed, Abhishek, that is a big issue that you've rightly pointed out. Uh, In fact, uh, many of the economists that we spoke with for the story pointed out that there are supply chain disruptions which could perhaps be a major factor that could adversely influence uh, GST collections uh, January, February, March uh, this year. Remember that uh, GST collections have been very buoyant. In fact, the government has already collected about 80% of its uh, budget estimate. So Mm -hmm. that front has been very promising. And uh, that was one area that the government hoped would uh, help as far as the shortfall on the disinvestment target is concerned. Um, But all in all, you have an area where supply chain disruptions once again could throw up a lot of uh, challenges, not just for the manufacturing space, but uh, overall, even on the inflationary side, we could see a lot of disturbance uh, because of the mismatch in this area, accentuated further by uh, shortages, uh, which are uh, key to certain uh, industries, uh, like you pointed out about the shortage of uh, chips uh, that is uh, being very detrimental for the auto sector. So clearly, these are a few areas that um, will really need some rectification and policy support so as to smoothen the path as far as uh, recovery and support of the nascent signs of growth uh, is concerned. Uh, you know, taking off from what Neha was mm-hmm. talking about is that when economists are telling us that it's not going to be a demand issue, so mm-hmm. assuming assuming that even the third wave just continues and it, it deepens a little more, the demand for goods and services may not get impacted, but you're looking at a scenario where either the government or the actual scenario would be that, that people will just not be able to access or there'll be restrictions on on what you can do, what you can consume, what you can not, where you can go, what you can buy, you know, and all of these will still continue to impact consumption. And and within that scenario, you also have the, the reality which is staring at us, which, which Neha spoke about earlier, that in both urban and rural India, you know, if you look at even the government figures on, on Mandrega and, and, and jobs, that's still going, the demand for jobs is still much higher. People are desperate for jobs and they are not getting them. It just is, doesn't spell a pretty picture at all as of now. And merely hoping that putting all your bucks on some mega events to happen, which could be something like an LIC IPO, which will help your disinvestment numbers look very good. That's just not going to be enough, even if that happens in this Yes. And in fact, that that will be a momentous achievement because the disinvestment is uh, is something that every government 
going back to my school days has uh, you know mulled upon and it's it's not something that might uh, happen overnight although air india was one step in that direction and and in the interest of time just one, one last one uh, what uh, else can the reader uh, look forward to in this package so abhishek what we tried to do was really get an on the ground assessment of really where india is uh, mm. because a lot had been hoped for after what we saw in 2020 Uh, you know, and the hope was that okay, uh, even if there's a second wave, we'll bounce back. You know, things will start to look up, and and GDP growth uh, data was starting to look very good vis-a-vis 2020, and with the vaccination drive going the way it was. So what we tried to do was was get an assessment of not just where growth would be, or what the government needs to do, as in the case of uh, fiscal deficit, disinvestment, those kind of stories. but we also try to look at how our uh, social welfare schemes are faring at the moment that's a very good read and then of course looking at a key sector which would be you know your auto and because it's reflective of how the economy will fare uh, and then we have also uh, done a deep dive into jobs so we have we've tried to give the reader an assessment really of a where we stand today and what the government really is staring at lovely Thank you, Neha and Salil, uh, for your time on this podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Abhishek. Thanks, Abhishek. Thank you, uh, all you listeners. You can uh, find this podcast on ForbesIndia dot com as well as on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, or any other app that you use to consume uh, your uh, podcasts. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to five one eight one eight.